You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. And we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Grun. I'm a pastoral resident here at Emmaus Road Church, and I'm joined this week with Caleb Dernberger, also a pastoral resident at Emmaus Road Church. Um, and we are here to cover our fifth shaping virtue, um, the fifth shaping virtue coming from the Sovereign Grace Journal uh, from the October 2022 edition. Uh, this, this is chapter six, but it's the fifth uh, virtue. Uh, on generosity. Uh, this article was written by a, a real good friend of ours, Chad Haygood, a pastor down in uh, Hastings, Nebraska, mm-hmm. pastor in our region, mm-hmm. a guy that uh, we've gotten to know well over the years, and Love just Chad. just yeah. a really sweet man, um, southern boy from Alabama, <laughs> roll tide. Um, and he was adopted, his church was adopted into Sovereign Grace back in 2015. Um, so they've been with Sovereign Grace for eight years now, um, wow. and just a a really sweet church, a sweet guy, sweet pastor, and he writes on generosity on chapter six, and the subtitle, of course, God Loves Cheerful Givers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chad opens the chapter by talking a little bit about his conversion and then the immediate trap he fell into post-conversion. Uh, he calls it the trap of morbid introspection. I think that's so helpful because... It, what, he, what he's getting at is it highlights when, when we're first saved and in our salvation, our eyes, our hearts are made alive, our eyes are opened, and we see the holiness of God, of all that he requires and all of his goodness and majesty. Just like Isaiah in Isaiah 6, the temptation is, and it's not that it's wrong to think this, is to look inward and say, man, I am a sinner. I am a man of unclean lips, like Isaiah says, and just look inward. Um, but... If we spend all of our time doing that, it will um, negate and kind of frustrate all of the one another commands in the New, New Testament. Because um, we're not just saved and then keep going about your life. We're saved into a new way of life. Yeah. And that includes serving and giving and encouraging and loving one another. It requires outward focus. So the trap of morbid introspection is like looking inward and just getting lost in there. But Uh, He he says this, I soon realized that the Christian life is meant to be marked by gratitude and joy, not gloom and despair. I I understood that following the Lord was a delight, not a mere duty. And I found that because of the cross, we can be happy in our sanctification, though never satisfied with our present degree of conformity to Christ. What I really love about that sentence and really about his entire chapter here is uh, often when we think of generosity, you know, the temptation is to think, oh, you guys are just going to talk about tithing or Mm -hmm. giving. Mm -hmm. And to be clear, that's not going to be our purpose of this episode. We did a a episode at length on tithing uh, back at the beginning of February. Um, We're we're more talking about the, uh, the virtue of generosity. Now, tithing is a, is a implication of that, but mostly we're just talking about the, the virtue of generosity, but notice in his sentence there, all the words like, uh, delight 
and yeah. happy and satisfied. Right. God doesn't just require us in 2 Corinthians 8 to be givers. He requires us to be to give in a certain type of way yeah. out of a certain motivation in a certain <laughs> attitude, which is to be a cheerful giver. So what is it that can um, motivate our giving? Um, you know, God doesn't love a gloomy giver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he loves a cheerful giver. Um, and Chad goes into length about that. And finally, this last thing, and I'll pass it over to you. In short, I came to realize that gospel people yeah. are generous yeah. people. Yeah. We, again, delight in generosity. And here's why. Because God has been incomprehensibly yes. generous to us. Yeah, giving, I mean, generosity implies giving, but giving cannot be understood, and generosity cannot be understood without understanding who the great giver is, the, right. the giver. And God is the generous one. God is the generous God. He creates the world out of an overflow of his fullness, yeah. out of his generosity to share as an expression of his love for um just as an expression and overflow of his kindness, he saves as an expression of his kindness, um, recognizing that God owns everything. Mm. Um, you know, Psalm fifty ten. He owns all the beasts of the forest, all the cattle on a thousand hills. He mm-hmm. owns it all, and so there's nothing that we have that is not first given to us by God. He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. James one seventeen, and like you. Like Chad lays out, and like you've already been leading us in, he has given us the greatest gift in, I mean, possibly ever that we could ever have in Jesus Christ, who um, gave himself joyfully, sacrificially to redeem us from our sins Mm -hmm. and reconcile us to himself. The giving of his son is, is the apex and is the overflow of all his fullness. We have seen... His glory, full of grace, full of truth, John 1, 16. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. So we will not understand generosity rightly, nor be moved to be generous without first having a full view of our generous king, who has been so lavish and kind to us in Christ. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that is the starting point in, to then talk about the manner in which right. we are to give. Yeah, before we get to the manner of how we give, we have to start with the motivation for why we give. Um, and if we look to our own resources, um, you know, again, not just financial tithing, but in our time, in our energy, in our margins, in... Uh, our schedule, mm-hmm. in just what we have available to us. If we look to our own reserves, we are going to be um, <laughs> hesitant uh, because we recognize, oh man, I, just, I don't know if we can we can cut it. I just can't add another thing to the calendar. I can't, you know, we're already trying to, we're paycheck to paycheck already. But that's not the motivation. The motivation for for generosity is not our own reserves. Before we can give, we have to recognize what we have received. And what we have received is, like you said, Gail, abundance. It is um, a lavishing. God has not just slid over, you know, morsel by morsel to us. He has poured out Mm -hmm. his spirit upon us. He has given, poured out his spirit by way of the death of his son, making atonement for our sins. We are free now. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We are free now from any of all that. So, that is that has to be the motivation. The cross has to be the motivation because if it's not, we will always be hesitant. We will always yeah. be reticent to to give because we don't 
Because if we rely on our own strength, yes. we recognize we are frail. We are <laughs> we don't have all that much money. We don't have that much time. Yep. We don't have that much energy for other people. Um, but God, through His Spirit, gives us abundance. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I was convicted by this line that Chad writes. Um, he says it here. He says, true generosity mm. is not motivated by guilt or, and this is how... I often think, even by need, yeah. like, oh, there's a need, so we should, we, we're just, you know, we're yeah. Christians even, we need to meet that need. Rally the troops, yeah. let's get it done. He says, true generosity is motivated by the gospel of grace as it grips our hearts while we behold the incomprehensible generosity of God. And mm-hmm. then he goes on to mention 2 Corinthians 8, 9, which says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that by his poverty, poverty might become Rich. I mean, I think that starts moving us then towards the manner in which we are to give because, and generosity can almost be, um, I think we talked about this with joy as well, mm. kind of as a, as an adverb as well, generously give. There yeah. is a, there is a way it, it, it talks about not just, you know, oh, you need a dollar. Here's a dollar. I can give it to you. Um, that's kind of easy for me because it's not a, much of a loss to me and, right. or, it's maybe I just recognize, oh, there's a need there, and I do that. No, true generosity is motivated by a full heart, an overflowing heart that's already received the fullness that God has shown us mm-hmm. in Christ. And so I think that just touches on, again, just again wrapping up that whole motivation. When I, It's not to be motivated by guilt or even by need, motivated by the gospel of grace as it grips our hearts, and we behold the incomprehensible generosity of God in Christ. Yeah. Chad says, hearts that have been transformed by the gospel are transformed all the way down mm. to the affections that prompt joyful, selfless generosity. And here, you know, we're, we're speaking of generosity as a noun, as a, as a thing, yep. uh, namely a virtue. Um, but yeah, it, it, it also is an adverb. It also informs the way in which we act, yeah. the way in which we verb, you know, fill in the blank. All the, all the commands in the New Testament are verbs, to love one another, to serve one another. And all verbs require, not require, but in gospel, in gospel language arts, it requires a, a adverb of how you give. The motivation behind it is, yeah. and we know that because uh, Christ didn't just, in dealing with the Pharisees, what he was calling them out for was, yes, you guys all do the duty well. Mm-hmm. And he, you notice he doesn't really neglect or, or uh, condemn their duty, he condemns the heart behind it. He condemns their motivations. They were they were selfishly yeah. acting, yeah. Um, and so he he takes the law and pushes it all the way down into our souls. And then he di- Christ dies for our sins, and now removes our heart of stone, gives us a heart of flesh yes. that now is able to do this. Yeah, um, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Mm. Um, God did not skimp. In the way that he gave, he didn't give halfway. He gave everything. He yeah. gave his beloved son, and so that then informs how we are to give as well. Yeah, it, it, Chad says, and this goes back to what we were saying. When we consider our own generosity, we are tempted to approach it like an accountant. Um, what do I have? Yeah. What What's out there? What's needed? Let's just transaction. Um, and what's interesting? What's interesting in Second Corinthians. Eight, where you know the famous passage of uh, Paul to the Corinthian church on um, on giving generous uh, give yeah, on generosity and especially financial, he's commending the Macedonians for their abundance yeah. out of their yeah. 
lack. Yeah. They were suffering. They were under the they were, they were being persecuted, and yet they gave tremendously. And then he's not just saying that in order to guilt the Corinthian mm-hmm. church at all, yeah. because and we know that because he looks to Christ, yeah. and he then describes what Christ did for us in financial terms. Though he was rich, he became poor for you so that you might become rich. That is the gospel in a nutshell. That is, um, he became sin who knew no sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. It's the same gospel language told in financial terms in order to motivate towards generous giving and not out of you know our own resources, but out of the abundance that we have in Christ. So, you know, Caleb, maybe this is helpful. You know, we always talk and we've, we've said it, we talk about giving, when we talk about generosity, our minds immediately turn to finances. Mm-hmm. And, and I would argue there's nothing more desta- quickly destabilizing to a uh, seemingly integrous Christian than when you start talking finances, <laughs> especially <laughs> in this day and age, especially with, um, in, you know, eggs are like $30 an egg right now. You know, it's just feels like finances are tough. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, we already did a, a, a lengthy podcast on tithing, on, on financial tithing, Primarily, but here maybe I can ask you, Caleb. What are some ways that we can live generously, mm. other than money? Yeah. Well, again, you mentioned the Macedonian church, and and that's that models for us and motivates us as it did the church in Corinth how to give. But they weren't just giving resources; they weren't just meeting those tangible needs. The scripture, uh, New Testament, especially amplifies like ways in which we are to give. We yeah. are to give in, in, in means of time. The currency we're working with is time and 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 homes, opening our homes and opening our, our tables and and our food storages and and people. Mm. Um it, it's it really is um it really is a humbling thing that everything that God calls us to give are things that are not necessarily easy things to mm, give. That's right. There is a sacrifice to it. You know, when yeah. you think I'm, I'm going to go give my time to somebody else, it's not like well, that's an easy thing. We're sacrificing somewhere. If I'm, you know, right now, you and I are here. Yeah. We're we're sacrificing maybe helping get the kids going in the morning with our wives, and so that's that's there is a there is a manner in which. Um, yeah, it's it's more than just oh that was easy and so as I can measure it all up I'm going to give. So yeah, things like time and people are actually what the New Testament talks about even more so sometimes than money. Um, and uh, and that's a maybe that's a new thought for you too. I mean mm-hmm. I, I think I just think of our church right now and where we're at. We're ta- we have some initiatives in front of us that requires money and stuff like that. We're looking at new building, look, looking at all these types of things. But even when we think about church planting, something that is on our hearts as a church, something that we want to do, sending people to the nations. Mm. Um, I just love how in the New Testament, it doesn't shy away from, um, you know, if you feel like it. Uh, the Jerusalem church sends their up-and-coming guy, Barnabas, to the church in Antioch. They give away their best yes. for the sake of this church. And then, in turn, the Antioch church is so motivated by the grace of God that they then give, oh, then they they commission, you know, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas. Mm. I mean, 
If you're going to give anybody away, why would you give that guy away? He's the best. And yet they do. And so that just models for us too, that we are to give um, our best people as well. Um, So that that's convicting thinking, you know, we might be a couple years away from a church plant. What are we, how are we preparing our hearts? How are we praying? How are we even just personally thinking, you know, I could never do that. I would never do that. Or I would never give a, we should never give away this person. That that would, that would tear down this church here. It's like, no, the gospel informs not just um, how we should give, but who we should give. And yeah. um, Yeah, And it's not just profoundly future oriented, like way out there, but also just in our immediate, um, you know, Gen- a generous living is like you said. It's welcoming people into your homes. It's um, it- it's giving of your time and of your energy, of of orienting your calendar, even your weekly schedule around yeah, others, yeah, yeah. not just my my needs, my family's needs. But how can it's easy? Yeah, because and it's it's you know we we just have a you take st- inventory. If you think like an accountant, you think of your inventory. You think of what what's there, um, and what can I give, but. I think what Chad's getting to, what the gospel is getting to, is there is much more there than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's when you spend it that all of a sudden you realize it fills right back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, this reminds me of, um, in my Bible reading, I just finished up recently, Second Samuel. Uh, so David, at the end of his life, he, he goes to set up an altar um, uh, it, for, at the Jebusite's place. And it, the, the guy is offering it to him for free. He's like, my Lord, it's yours. You're the king take it and and David refuses. He says, "No, I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that costs me nothing." Um and that's just that's I think that's a right attitude for for generosity. I will not do something that costs me nothing because that negates the need to trust God to supply. Yeah. It negates the need to trust him to make provision for the need. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just reminds me of like, well, we can't serve right now because of X, Y, Y, Z. Um, you know, I, I'm the, I'm, I'm the, te- the deacon, if you will, of the kind of oversee the, the children's ministry. And we're currently in a season <laughs> where we, we need, we have grown. We were just talking this week. We have grown. Our church average attendance has gone on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning, even since last September has averaged almost 80 more people yeah. a Sunday. Um, and where there is more people, there are more children. <laughs> well, there have been about like fifteen more births, and yeah, in just the last just month, in so. sheer. <laughs> there's, and there's only a more coming. There's so. more coming. That's right. <laughs> so that you know, our the kids area has gotten full, and we praise God for that. We don't want to say that's oh man, what a what a need. No, this is not a burden. This is a joy that we have children among us and. Um, you know, you can look at the screaming on Sunday mornings in the gathering and think, oh, wow, what a, oh, if only these kids would blah, blah, blah. But no, th- this is part of living generously yeah. is living others oriented and thinking, man, look at all, the, look how I, and then thinking of ways that I could serve. So, you know, w- with that increase of people comes increase of just infrastructure that's needed. You know, our church, I know Ray, Ryan and Greg have both talked about, um, you know, the church builds the trellis, mm-hmm. but it takes the the people, the the people of Emmaus Road Church yeah. to grow the vine, the living organism that grows around it. Yes. Um, and so we're just, you know, there's there's moments in our church, particularly right now, where the trellis, um, the structure is needs to get extended, and then we need the vine to grow around it. And that will only happen. Growth will only happen when 
the gospel's at the center yes. and is motivating generous living. Yeah, because it's not necessarily just the need that we have in you know children's ministry right now. Just right. as you touched on in that Second Samuel text, generosity is not mainly just about meeting needs and having people help, though that is an expression of it. Like, right, you know, there is you know, a load-bearing essence to yeah, it. Yeah, but ultimately, if, if ultimately what we are giving is from God, um, then how we give and what we give is is for God, to God. The giver gets the glory. So giving yeah, is right. not, in a sense, just for the sake of those in need or for the sake of the recipient. Um, giving is as a way of magnifying true generosity as we have, you know, we magnify the goodness and grace of God he's bestowed upon his people. The giver gets all the glory because even the strength and the um, you know the the empowerment to do all these things that we're called to do when we don't feel like it yeah. is from God, yeah. and so He is the one who gets all the glory in our yeah. giving. Yeah. Um, and that really is the essence of it all. The cross is to be our motivation. It's it's our not only our motivation but the means by which we can actually be generous. Mm-hmm. Um, we can only be generous because Christ has been so generous with us and. And it's not financial, primarily, exclusively. It's in our whole life, yeah. in how we approach others, how we speak to others, how we serve others, how we encourage. Just all of the Christian life is meant to be lived generously. And by that, we mean just abundance. Because it's not from our own reserves. It's not from our storehouses do we give. Mm-hmm. Because we have nothing. <laughs> all things belong to God, and He has given us all things, primarily in his son. So the gospel is to be the center. It's meant to be the means. It's meant to be the motivation. And like you said, it's meant to be the thing that we, when it's enacted and people say to us, and I know you've experienced this. I know like my family who's outside of our family of churches, um, they look at us and be like, man, your church really loves one another or Mm. your church really likes to serve one another or your church is just, what a great community. And it's tempting to say to, yeah, 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 we are. (laughs) Well, Yes, we are, but it's not because of anything in us. Mm-hmm. It's not because of, oh, we're just happy people. It's like yeah. a personality trait. No, we are who we are because of who Christ is. Exactly. So it's not just, it's, it's the cross is the center, it's the means, it's the motivation, it's the thing that can actually effectuate this type of virtuous living, but also it is the thing that the cross is, Christ gets all the glory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it leads to the manner in which we are to give to. I think, like you said, in gospel community, we have ample opportunity to be this way to one another. And mm-hmm. it's not because necessarily we just enjoy one another's company so much, and I really like being with you guys, and mm-hmm. so it's easy to give. No, actually, there are many times that we are all tempted towards our own <laughs> convenience yeah. and our own, you know, I mean, I, I was just mindful of that this week. And I think people know that more as they have more responsibilities in life. You know, I just, we just add another child in my home. And so that just means things kind of shift in a sense. And yet my flesh is still prone to what's easy, what's convenient for me, how can I catch a breath? Mm. And, and the things that I'm tempted to then postpone on or say no to, even though there are times when you, you know, wisely say no to things, but then it's like, now that'll go to the back burner. Now, I don't really want to be that way. Mm. In, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Paul mentions that God loves a cheerful giver, implying that 
what we are called to is, is not just to give, but it's how we give. And how we give is informed by whose we are and what he has given to us, namely, yeah. namely Christ. I, I, you know, back to what you just said, happy, the reason for our joy, the reason for our happiness, even in the midst of hardships, in the midst of loss, is that we have something that can never fade, mm-hmm. that can never be taken from us. In the gospel, God has given us the greatest gift we could possibly ever receive. And so because we have Christ, we can give, and not just give, but give gladly, yeah. sacrificially, cheerfully, because we already have all that we need mm-hmm. in him. And that's really worked out in gospel community yeah. then. And it's seen, and it's, again, like we've talked about some of these virtues, it's contagious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I come to, if I show up to huddle and I <laughs> in a mood, but someone else is fill, filled with spirit and acting you know, by faith and, yeah. and, and that virtue is on display, then it's mm-hmm. like, wow, yeah, I'm convinced. Oh yeah. yeah, I want that. That's so much more satisfying than, yes. you know, my pity party or recognizing what I don't need. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it is, it is a convicting yeah. thing, but it's a motivating thing. And I'm just so thankful that we get to then work this out in community with That's other right. believers who are gripped by the gospel. Yeah. Living generously is trusting the promise that God will provide everything I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I give. Um, I give of myself. I give of my time. I give of my energy. I give of my resources because I trust that God will provide for me. Um, when I don't give, it's it's an expression. When I'm not living generously, it's an expression of I don't. I'm not trusting the promises of God that He will provide for me. Mm-hmm. Um, as we'll see in a, in, a, in a few weeks, yeah. uh, the Israelites <laughs> they. There, they did not give generously. <laughs> they, mm. they grumbled. Um, it's mentioned of them num- numerous times. Their, their heart was filled with an, uh, animosity towards God, grumbling towards God that He had just led them out here to die. Um, and it, but God graciously, even in the midst of their grumbling, supplies for them. Yeah. Um, so mm. this is this is a this is a sweet thing. And our church, I think, is uniquely marked by this gift of generosity. Um, and it's such a, you know, generosity is the, um, it is in a lot of ways, the result or the next step out of a, out of a thankful, great, Mm -hmm. a heart full of gratitude. When we recognize all that God has given us in Christ Jesus, the next step is to, to to live generously out of the, out of the overflow of the heart. We go. Yeah. <laughs> so God has given us all things and that we can now share that with others. So thank you, Emmaus Road Church, for being a generous people. Hmm. Um, yes, in your finances, but also just in your giving of yourselves, of your lives to one another, to serve one another, to care for one another, hmm. um, in setting aside time to go to missional communities and to go to discipleship huddles. And um, that takes that takes time. I mean, yeah. that, doing all these things. I, I remember the first time I ever explained the delivery system to my parents. They're like, "That's a lot of time you spend with other people <laughs> from your church." And I was like, "Yeah, that, that's because we don't want to just be siphoned off as all right. These are my Sunday people, and then I go out and live the rest of my life." Yeah. Because we're because out of a heart of generosity, we want to share ourselves fully with yeah. one another. So yeah, and we can always be cultivating that. I didn't, mm. I just know there are people in seasons of plenty right now where it might be easier to give. And then there are those who are in, in seasons of like, I can't even keep my head above the water. Yeah. And 
that's where God calls us to do this by faith. Mm. Instead of, you know, like we touched on before, instead of trying to just measure up the cost, what it'll, what will it cost me and what can I get in return? That's, that's not what the gospel says, <laughs> even though that's how I want to kind of, pl- I want to manage things and plan things out on my giving. Um, do so by faith. It's, you know, it says whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Yeah. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Yeah. So trust that as you give, um, first of all, you have something that can never be taken from you in Christ. Mm-hmm. And as you give, it's, it pleases God. And he bestows more blessing and more margin and more strength to right. then give more generously. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, till next time, this has been, I love walking through these virtues. This yes. is so convicting to my soul and, and encouraging to me. Um, and just the gospel is right at the center of it. These are Absolutely. meant to be overflows of what Jesus has done in our, in our lives. So this week, encourage everybody to think of ways that you could live generously, um, starting with your wife or your family or your, your kids or you have no, your friends and your, your MC, your huddle. Um, think of ways that you could live generously to them and eager to gather again with everybody on Sunday mm-hmm. and to, to be with you all again. So till next time. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.